So we're going to continue with our Out of the Darkness series. And so I'm going to kind of remind you a little bit, because a lot has happened since the last time we talked about that. So I'm going to do just a short little recap so we can kind of remember what we were talking about. Um, and Tyler kind of kicked it off um, talking about darkness. We're in the book of Exodus. And Tyler kind of talked about the thrust of his message was that darkness is really the absence of light, which seems kind of intuitive. But then also he went a little bit further to say that darkness is also when something is not working according to God's design. So that's kind of where we started. And he had us kind of look at the places in our lives. He shared some of the places in his life and he had us kind of look at the places in our lives where maybe we are not quite working according to God's design. And so just think back, that was like three weeks ago. That's where it all started. And then the next week, Derek talked about God's answer to darkness. And God's answer to darkness is you, is us. That so often God joins with us in doing something he could have absolutely done by his own power but he joins with us to bring his kingdom here. And so Derek talked about Moses and how Moses, uh, you know, he was raised in the home of the Pharaoh and he saw that the Israelites were being mistreated and something rose up in him. There was a passion, a burning inside of him. He knew that that was wrong. And so he uh, took that into his own hands and killed an Egyptian. And so Derek kind of pointed out that we don't always do the right thing with the passion that God gives us, but often that points to what we're called to. That that thing inside of us, that burning inside of us to do something, or when we see something that we know is just not right, kind of like Tyler said, that's not working by God's design. When we look at that and we just are filled with emotion that often points to our own calling. And so in that sermon at the end, Derek had many people come forward for prayer about um, what their calling may be or what they think their purpose is. And so if you were one of those people, I want you to just kind of think about that because it might have been a few weeks since you visited that moment. Just kind of remember like what you were feeling if you were there and if there was something that God highlighted to you in that moment. So that's kind of where we left off. And so at the end, that was in Exodus 2. And at the end of Exodus 2, we find Moses, um, he left. He killed the Egyptian and he ran away. Because he knew that that wasn't the right way to do it. And he was afraid for his life. And so Moses experienced this sort of passion, this sense of call. I don't know that he would have called it that at the moment. But now in hindsight, we can look back and see that's what it was. But he took it into his own hands and did what he thought best with it. And he messed it up. And he probably decided that he was... Um, counted out because of that, that God had called him to something and he 
did a bad job of it. His behavior was bad. And so that kind of counts him out for ministry probably. And I think we see that in our own lives often that not ever, I think we see that in our own lives often that, um, <laughs> that we are called to something and we try to do it, but maybe we don't do it the way God has called us to. And so we think that, um, just kind of disqualifies us for the call. And so I would say, I would venture to say that any of you who feels like they've been called to something has also felt that disqualifying thing because Satan um, loves to do that. He loves to say, did God really say? And who do you think you are? That's what Satan does. So we find Moses um, and Midian. He ran away. He fled because he thought he was disqualified. Um, and I think, like I said, that that happens to all of us. I want to tell you a little bit of a story um, about the first time, one of the very first times that I preached. Um, and I had known God had been calling me to preach for a little while, or maybe I sort of thought he was. I didn't want to because it made me really nervous. Um, and so one of the very first times that I preached, it was because Derek was away and I had to. <laughs> like, I was forced to do it. It wasn't because I was raising my hand. It was because someone needed to and that someone, I guess, was going to be me. So I don't even remember where he was. This was a few years ago, three years ago, maybe. Um, and we were in the train station and I preached on Jonah. And I remember whenever I was... Some of you may have been there. I remember when I was preparing that it kind of felt like, okay, I feel like I have something to say. And then I stood up and my voice was cracking and my hands were shaking and I couldn't even hold my papers because they were shaking so much. Um, and it was really, my mind was racing. I just really felt like it went so horribly. And then in the middle, I got like this tickle in my throat and I was wearing the headset and so i like i don't know why i did this i like covered it and coughed at the same time and it made this really loud terrible sound um and it like my mind stuck on that that thing that happened when i coughed into the microphone and so i started perseverating on that and it just got worse and worse and worse so there were some new people who were visiting the church that week and I just remember after church meeting them and apologizing profusely and saying, like, I'm not the usual, usually the one that preaches. My husband preaches. And so you should come and listen to him because I know that was real bad. <laughs> and so that's kind of the story. Like, I feel like as Moses did it in his own power and did it poorly and thought that he was disqualified in that moment, I knew that I just really shouldn't preach that I was disqualified for that because of this one time that it went bad. And I think we probably all have a story like that. And I wonder what happened then. We kind of pick up the story now. I've kind of given you some backstory because in that, in that moment when Moses is running and decided that he's counted out, God comes to find him. God knows where Moses is. And this is where we find the burning bush. Like everyone has heard of the burning bush. Everyone knows what that story is about. And this is when it happens. It's when Moses leaves. 
And so God talks to Moses in a burning bush and calls him to go and set the Israelites free. And Moses pretty much is like, I don't, I don't think I'm the guy you want. Like, <laughs> not me. Remember, I'm disqualified. And so um, we're going to pick it up in Exodus 3. This is where we're going to kind of focus a little bit. Exodus 3, verses 11 and 12. So this is after the burning bush. Excuse me. I'm going to give you a minute if you're looking for it. Exodus chapter 3, verses 11 and 12. And it says, But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And God said, I will be with you. And this will be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. So God tells Moses what to do. And Moses says, I don't think I can do it. And I think the interesting thing is, is that God doesn't encourage Moses in that moment. Moses says, who am I to talk to Pharaoh? And God doesn't say, oh, Moses, you're great. What are you talking about? He doesn't say, you're strong. Or I, I put this call in you. He doesn't encourage him at all. He says, I will be with you. Stop looking at yourself. Look at me. It's not about you, Moses. It's not at all about you. He doesn't even address Moses' question. When Moses says, who am I? God says, I will be with you. That's what you need to be concerned about. You need to put your eyes on me and do what I say. I think that's so interesting because how often, I know myself, how often do when someone says they're not qualified, do I say, oh, yes, you are. <laughs> when the truth of the matter is often we're not. It's that God is calling us to do something that only he can do through us. And I think sometimes it even handpicks people's like things that they're concerned about or things that they don't do so well so that he, he can be shown glorified, so that his power can be seen through those things. So he tells Moses, no, don't look at yourself. Look at me. I will be with you. And he says that the success of the plan, God is telling Moses here, the success of the plan is on me, not on you. You just do what I say. And so this kind of reminds me of a picture that I had not very long ago um, that God has been kind of given me. And I think it's not just for me. I think it's for many, many people. Um, but a while ago, I don't even remember what was happening, but I remember just saying to God, I don't, I need your wisdom. I need a plan. I need guidance. And so God kind of walked me through this vision where um, I was walking with him in the woods and I remember saying to him, I looked at him and I was like, God, I don't know where we're going. Like, this is scary and I don't know what we need. And he had a backpack on his back and he kind of took it off, and he opened it up and he said, I have some stuff here. And I could see a, a few things in the backpack. So I have some stuff here and we'll be okay. And then he closed it and put it on his back and he said, I know where we're going and I have everything you need. Just follow me. And so I think this is a point where God is saying that to Moses. And I think God is saying that to us, that we need to 
not look at ourselves, but look at God who has everything at his disposal, who knows where we're going and knows what we'll need when we get there. And so if, if when you felt that passion to do something a few weeks ago when Derek was preaching and you thought, oh, I know how to do that. Yeah, that makes perfect sense to me. I can do that. That might not be all that God wants you to do. Very often, the way that you can tell a God dream or something that God is telling you to do is when you're like, oh, I can't, no. <laughs> I can't do that. So everything that God will call you to do often has a, this quality of like, I can't, I can't do that in myself. And God calls us in that moment to look at him and his ability to do things not our own. And so then I want to look back again at the scripture. It says in verse 12, God says to Moses, when you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship me on this mountain. And so he says, you don't need to worry about what you can and can't do. You need to pay attention to me. And the way that you will know that it was me is after you've done all the things. Moses is looking for a plan. Okay, God, you want me to take the Israelites? We want me to lead them out of Egypt. And we know how that went. And God gives Moses a few little clues about what's going to happen. But he's saying, at the end, after you've done everything I've told you to do, that's when you'll know that it was me. Not in the middle. And I think it's often... We want God to tell, like, give us these little things all along the way. God, I'll do it if I know it's you. And I'll do the thing if you will call me again for the 15th time. Just one more time, God. Just, I'm just putting out a fleece. Just one more time. But God says, you will know it was me after you have done the thing. And you can look back and see my hand. And I think we probably could all say, yep, I've had that experience. I've had the experience where I feel like God is calling me to do something and it doesn't make any sense, but I do it. And then I look back. It's when you look back that you can see God's hand at work all along the way. Very rarely can you see it in the moment. And so I think this is a really important point for us to remember that it's the look back. It's very rarely the moment to moment that you feel like this is absolutely right. This is absolutely God. So much of walking um, by the Holy Spirit, at least in my walk, has been like, this feels like the most right thing to do next. So I'm going to try it. <laughs> and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. But when you can look back, out of lots of multiple steps of doing the most right thing that you think might come next, you can see God's hand at work through it all. But very rarely in the middle, it's often looking back. And that's when we get the confirmation. And so we want a plan. I know that I want a plan. I don't know why I still ask God for a plan, but I do. 
I tell people all the time, like, God's not going to give you the plan. And I know that God's especially not going to give me the plan because I can work a plan. <laughs> if God's going to tell me, here, Jerry, this is what we're going to do, then I'll be like, okay, thank you. And then I'll just go and do my thing. God knows me. He knows that I know how to work a plan. So he gives me one or two, maybe two on a good day, things to do instead of a plan because he knows that I'll grab a hold of it. And I think I'm probably not the only one who knows how to work a plan. And so God will give you often, if we take a hold of these things that he's put passion in us to do, and maybe we've messed up in the past, maybe we've done it not quite the right way, or we've done it in our own power, but God will give you one or two things to do. And often it requires so much more waiting than we really wish it would. Often it requires so much more process than we really wish it would. But it's up to God that things get done, that his kingdom comes here on earth as it is in heaven. And it's up to us to be the vessels through which it comes and to say yes at every turn. And so my questions for you are, what are the things that you feel called to. And maybe you don't have a specific thing. Maybe you don't have a, an event that you need to plan or a ministry that you need to start, but what are the things that stir up that passion inside of you? What are the things that maybe you have had passion for and messed up in the past and feel disqualified for now? So I want you to kind of be thinking about what are those things and then where do you need God to show up? What things, you could say what step you need to take next, if you know it. Or in what way do you need God to steer you in those things? And so what we're going to do is I'm going to um, close us in prayer. And then I'm going to put you randomly into groups to talk about what is the passion? What is the thing that really stirs up fire inside of you? Um, and the thing that maybe you've tried and not done well, or the thing that you're working on, and what do you need from God?